Welcome to the Empowered with Erica podcast. My name is Erica Vishkalis, and I'm an empowerment coach, mindset mentor, personal development enthusiast, and holistic health advocate. I've spent the last several years healing my mind, body, and soul, and have learned so much along the way. From healing trauma to navigating a sober lifestyle and learning how to step into my personal power, it has been transformational. If you are looking to heal, to be inspired, to uplevel your life and become the most empowered version of yourself, you've come to the right place. I created this podcast to help you know you are worthy of rewriting your story and to help you navigate your own empowerment journey. You are worthy of living your most authentic, aligned, and inspired life, and I can help you get there. Whether you are diving deep into personal development or just need a weekly pick-me-up, I've got you covered. Thank you so much for pressing play today. I cannot wait to transform together. Let's get empowered. Welcome to another episode of Empowered with Erica. I am so excited that y'all are here today. And let me tell you guys, this is going to be an interesting episode. We are going to dive deep into how sometimes the worst moments of your life can turn out to end up being some of the best moments of your life. And I'm going to share a story with y'all I have not shared yet on the podcast on how one of the worst moments of my life, the worst days of my life, the worst evenings of my life, then snowballed to become one of the best moments. And I don't know if I'd go as far to say I'm glad it happened, but I guess kind of because I definitely wouldn't be where I am today. And I like where I am today if it did not happen. So I think often, especially in today's culture, we tend to victimize ourselves and we tend to often think that these hard moments in life happen to us and not for us. Listen to episode one and I talk all about how life happens for you and not to you. And I really try to embody that fact. I try to embody that and I do want to put a little preface or maybe that's not the right word, but I want to put a little asterisk to this topic of just because there is good that came from the incident doesn't mean it wasn't hard, doesn't mean it wasn't traumatic, and doesn't mean that it's not like it's okay that you are grieving. It's okay that you have to work through it. It's okay that you're like, fuck, that sucked though. Yeah, sometimes these really hard days suck. There's a lot of shit that I could say, oh my god, it sucked. But, but, it has brought me so many amazing things that I'm so grateful for. And I really think the concept of learning how to see the good and learn how life happened for us and not to us is incredibly important. So I'm going to share an example of how that happened with me. So a little story time. It was September 1st, 2020. Uh, And actually, I had somewhat escaped 2020 relatively unharmed. You know, I hadn't gotten COVID at that point. I had gotten a new job, essentially the dream job for me in my field. I had moved across the country to a place that I'd never been, but I had interest in and, you know, all things considered, considering how many people had so many hardships during the pandemic, I got off all right in 2020 at that point. So it was actually really interesting. As you see behind me, if you're watching the YouTube, I have the moon phases. I'm obsessed with the moon. I love the moon. I love astrology. I'm here for it. I'm that bitch. Give me all that woo-woo shit. I love it, right? And one of my mentors 
was just launching her moon magic program and I had an interest but I didn't know anything I had I'd liked astrology I didn't know a ton about the moon at that point and I was listening to a master class and so I was listening to her master class learning about her program and I was like oh this is really interesting this is really interesting I think this is something I want to do but because I was on that master class, I actually was walking Hunter later that evening. Um, it was back in my first apartment that I lived at um, when I moved to Phoenix. And I guess actually that was in Scottsdale um, when I lived in Arizona. And I was like not walking the normal time I was going to walk him. I was going to walk him later. And now granted, it was September, which for Arizona is still quite warm. You still typically walk pets, you know, later in the day if you're going to go at night because the sun is still out and it makes the pavement really hot and all that good stuff, right? So, but I was going to be walking Hunter a little later than normal. It still wasn't super late, but just later than my normal, right? Because I had watched this masterclass and I was super intrigued by it, but I wasn't sure if I was going to do the program. I hadn't invested in myself yet at that point and I just wasn't sure. I just wasn't sure. And so I ended up going for a walk a little later and about a couple minutes into the walk, I had just gotten off this pedestrian bridge. For his nighttime walks at my old apartment, there was a park like across the street and I would go do a little loop around the park and come back because in my apartment, you know, I didn't have, that was the only way he's able to go to the bathroom and get exercise. And Hunter is a Husky Shepherd mix, so he needs a lot of exercise and it was good for me. Um, I really enjoyed doing that. Anywho, so I had gone on this walk and I just crossed the pedestrian bridge when I heard someone say, excuse me, excuse me. And, you know, it was later at night. It was probably like 8, 8.30. It was dark by that point. And I actually remember the week before this incident happened, I had mentioned to someone, I was like, oh, I'm feeling a little nervous to do my walks alone at night. Even though I don't go very far, even though the path I'm on is very, very active, like, I mean, I was on this super popular running, walking path in Scottsdale. So popular. Tons of people know it. Tons of people use it. You know, you're never really alone on the path unless you're out late, late. But even late at night, you know, there's people on there. And so I was like, well, I don't know. Like, I should be safe, right? So I heard someone say, excuse me. And I kind of kept going. I was like, ignore it. And then like a couple steps later, they said again, I turned around and there was this young man there, probably early 20s. And he had asked me, he was like, ma'am, can I borrow your phone? Um, he had seen that I had my phone with me. And, you know, at that point, like literally guys, I always would listen to like music or whatever, but I also only had it really to have a light, like to pick up Hunter's poop, right? I needed the light and it was about to die. Like my phone was about to die. It was like, had the red little sliver and everything. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And he's like, please, I'm desperate. I really need, I really need to borrow your phone. Like, I've been trying to get a hold of someone. I'm trying to meet up with a friend. And this guy seemed desperate. He seemed scared. He was like, please, can I borrow your phone? And, you know, against my better judgment, I was like, here you go. Sure. And I stood there with him while he tried to make a call. Whoever he called did not answer. Then he tried to make a call again. And whoever he called again did not answer. And I could tell he's really frustrated. And then he pulls out a gun. So trigger warning for gun violence. <laughs> then he pulls out a gun. Sorry, I should have put that at the beginning of the episode. Trigger warning. Uh, then he pulls out a gun and he goes, I'm, I need to take your phone. Don't make me hurt you. 
and this is where Erica was dumb as fuck, and I was like, mm, can you not? Let's, like, maybe not do that, and Hunter, Hunter's very friendly. For those of you who do not know Hunter, he's a very friendly dog. Uh, he looks scary. A lot of people think he's scary, but he's a total goof, but thankfully this guy did not know that, and he was a little scared of him, and he was like, don't, don't make me hurt you or, or your dog, and I was like, hey, man, I really need my phone for work. I really want to help you out. Like, can we just stand here and you keep calling whoever you're trying to call, please? And um, you could tell that, you know, this kid was younger, like I said, probably early 20s. I don't think he wanted to pull a gun on me, but he pulled the gun and he, like, had it next to him or behind his back. I don't even remember. He, like, showed me it and then didn't, like, point it on me or put it on me, but was like, don't make me threaten you with this. Don't make me use this against you. And I was like, oh, fuck. A little backstory. I didn't grow up with guns in my house. I did not. I am not someone that's experienced with guns. You know, at that point when I lived in Montana, I had shot a gun a handful of times. I had a lot of friends with guns at that point, but I was not someone that was very comfortable with them. I did not really know what I was doing. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. So, and also I'm not a small, tiny bitch. Like most people tell me that I'm kind of intimidating. So I was a little, I was a little shocked that between me having some muscle and apparently intimidating people and then my dog looking kind of scary to most people that this dude, one, approached us and then two, pulled a gun. Um, I don't know why he did that. But anywho, back to the story. Sorry, I'm getting sidetracked. He pulls this gun and I'm like, oh, fuck. I might die. <laughs> Why did I not just let him take my phone? Who fucking knows? I don't know. In the moment, I was like, hey, like, I really need it. Can we help you figure out whatever you need figured out? And I don't remember my exact words, guys. This was almost two years ago now. Um, but I was like, hey, like, let's try to figure it out. So he takes a couple steps away from me. He's like, okay. So then he keeps calling. He like, he tries calling again. Again, the guy doesn't answer. He was like, don't make me hurt you. He's like, are you going to sick your dog on me? And me, I was like, don't make me. Don't make me sick my dog on me. Well knowing Hunter was, I mean, he was sitting very nicely next to me. He looked like very stoic, but he was not barking. He was not lunging at the dude. Like my dog is the kind of dog that's like, oh, new friends, pet me. Now, thankfully, this guy didn't know that, but I'm just saying he's not the best guard dog. He's a friendly dog. And um, anywho, so eventually, and I was just talking to the guy, I was starting to freak out, I hadn't, I don't think I was crying at that point, I was relatively calm, but, like, inside, I was like, holy shit, holy shit, someone just pulled a gun on you, like, they could shoot you at any moment, you could die, like, this is it, man, like, fuck, you should have trust your instinct and not giving this guy the, your phone, you should have trust your instinct about walking alone at night, you know, I grew up in a small town, relatively. I mean, compared to other people, it's not a small town, but like a relatively smaller town. I have always felt safe in places I've lived where I went to college was fucking small and Montana was relatively small. And I always felt safe where I lived in Montana, maybe naively, but I did. And so I wasn't someone that normally like had this fear for my safety and call that privilege. It is a privilege, I guess, but, um, I wasn't very fearful of my safety at that point. And so this guy, and I, I was starting to talk to him, you know, I was just making conversation. And thankfully I had experience from previous jobs of 
talking people down when they were not in a good mental state and staying really calm during very stressful moments. So on the inside, I was freaking the fuck out. But on the outside, I was like, hey, how can like, let's problem solve? How can I help you? What can we do? I'd really like you to not take my phone. I'd also really like you to not fucking shoot me. How can we make this happen? (laughs) That was my mindset. And so again, why didn't I just let him take it? I don't know. And this is my PSA. Just if someone tries to steal your shit, just let them take your shit. It's just stuff. Your life is more valuable than the item. Now, whatever. For whatever reason, I did not do that. And so then eventually I was like, hey man, like how can I help you? And I was like, look at I was like, look at the phone. Look at the phone right now. The battery is about to die. You say you need it to get a hold of someone and to go do this thing. I was like, I don't know. How can I help you? Let's take you there. Where do you need to go? Let's figure this out. I was like, but look at the phone. It's going to die in probably about five minutes. How does stealing it help you? And he looked at me and I was like, dude, we're on a busy running path right now. I do not know how no one has stopped us. Like, honestly, guys, it was a while that no one had passed me because like I had said earlier, there was always people on this running path. Always. I do not know how no one fucking saw what was going on because no one passed us like it was wild and I was like dude someone's gonna show up and see what's going on I was like please how can I help you and then he puts down the gun and he starts walking away from or sorry he puts down my phone on the grass a couple of steps away from me he's like I'm sorry and he starts walking away from me and then this was wild because I'm not this person but as he's walking away from me, I was like, hey, what's your name? I want to pray for you. What's your what's your name? And he looked at me and he like shook his head and he kept going. And in my mind now, I'm like, oh, shit, it would have been nice to know the guy who just pulled a gun on me's name. It would have been nice to know. But whatever. He runs away. I get my phone. I'm like, holy shit. How did I just get a how did I get out of here alive? How did this just happen? I turn around I see there's a runner and he like disappears into the bushes. He like goes like maybe a hundred yards, dis- like goes off onto this golf course because this walking running path was like along a golf course in Scottsdale. And he goes into the bushes somewhere and disappears. And guys, it's wild when you're in that moment, how much you don't remember. There's so much I don't remember. I barely, I don't really remember what he looked like. I don't remember what he was wearing. So anyhow, I turn around and I pick up my phone, I grab Hunter, and I'm like, time to fucking go. Okay, time to go. <laughs> or get the fuck out of here. I'm sorry, dog. I hope you poop in the next minute because I can't. And Hunter was really good the whole time. And I, it was so fun. It's not funny, actually. But this guy was running past me and he stops and he's like, are you okay? And I was like, no, dude, someone just pulled a fucking gun on me. He went that way. Be careful. And I like start running and I take, I'm like, going back across this bridge to go towards my apartment because guys I could see my apartment from where this happened like I was so close to my apartment complex and I am at this point I lost it like I started crying and I was like holy shit like what just happened sobbing and I run into these two women who are like middle-aged women and they're like are you okay I was like no someone just pulled a gun on me I don't know what just happened like blah 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 and they call the cops they walk me back to my apartment the cops show up to my apartment, um, give them all that information. They're like, are you okay? (laughs) And, um, this is going to make me sound so pathetic, 
But I was like, hey, they're like, hey, who do you want to call? Like, the cops were like, who do you want to call? And I was like, well, I don't have any friends here. I don't fucking know anyone here. I was like, I just moved here like two months ago. So it was September 1st. I officially started my job July 1st. I had moved like a week before that because I had to quarantine because of COVID. So I've been here, what, two months and a week? And I was like, dude, I got no one to call. It's later at night. All my friends are on the East Coast. It's the time of year, I think, at that point where I was four hour time difference. I was like, I guess I'm going to call my boss, my poor boss. I was like, hey, man, uh, just want to let you know someone just like tried to rob me. So I don't know if I'm going to be at work tomorrow. I'll let you know. Uh, I'll talk to the appropriate people. He's like, are you okay? I was like, well, I'm alive. So yeah. I mean, obviously I was not okay. (laughs) Not okay. But I didn't know what to do. And then um, I called my mom. I told her what happened. Let, you know, let a handful of other people know what happened. Everyone leaves. And it, it like, it's like the adrenaline wave came off of me and it just hit me. I was like, holy shit. I almost just died or I could have just died. My life was very much right before my fucking eyes. And that's not the first time my life has been right before my eyes. If I'm being honest, that's not the first time in my life that I could have died. There's been a handful of them, but that was the most recent. And it was the most like, there's literally a firearm. Someone is actually actively threatening your life and telling you that they, that they might hurt you. And they could end your life like that. Oh, it was heavy. It was heavy. And I was like, holy shit, what just happened? And then I had to like go to bed. I was alone in this apartment complex. I was by myself at this point. I didn't have any friends. Didn't know anyone. Had barely gotten to know my coworkers because we were working from home a lot at that point because it was still like everyone's freaking the fuck out over COVID. And so I was just like, okay, I don't know. We're just, I'm, I think I took an, I think I took a bath and I cuddled Hunter who literally stayed right next to me and did not move. I texted the appropriate people, made sure they knew what was going on and, uh, went to bed scared as fuck, lonely, scared, did not know what I was like I couldn't believe it happened and I had like the post adrenaline shakes for a while very conveniently I had a therapy appointment the next day so that was nice thanks to thanks to the universe for setting that up so I didn't have to wait a super long time to deal with it but guys trauma is tricky because you don't know how it's going to affect you and it doesn't always affect you right away it doesn't always hit you right away And to be honest, I kind of like thought I was fine. (laughs) I don't know why I thought I was fine. Bitch was not fine. And I still actually deal with the PTSD from this today. I still do. Um, It's hard. I hate that now I feel more judgmental to certain people. Um, I hate that, you know, the next day I went to Target, ironically, after work, because I did go into work just because I needed to get the fuck out of my apartment. So I went to work and after I went to Target, And there was some dude that was just walking too close to me behind me. And I almost had a panic attack in the middle of Target because I was like, get the fuck away from me. I was not well. I was not well. And I had a family member who offered to come see me and stay with me and help me get through it. But honestly, like at that point, I don't know if any of you guys can relate. 
but I was like god like then I have to play host and I don't want to play host that sounds stressful like I so appreciate it I don't want to be alone but I think I just need to figure this out and I'll be fine and they're like are you sure the offer stands and I really really appreciated that but I was like I can't right now I'm sorry like I I can't host someone right now love you but and I appreciate it but I, I just I need to just deal with this and um, thankfully I had a couple co-workers that I opened up to about it and they were really kind and I got some pepper spray from Target and I got this alarm oh PSA women out there I guess men too but especially women get the birdie alarm it's loud and it flashes brightly I now have two on two different keychains 10 out of 10 recommend they're great for walks you can pull the alarm like it's like a little tab and you pull it and it's super loud and there's a bright light and I recommend you putting it on your keychain or put it on a place that you're going to have it often in your purse whatever I take it with me for walks anywho so that was a really hard moment as you can imagine (laughs) where am I going with this story worst moment becomes the best moment how the fuck does someone threatening my life become one of the better moments in my life because so I don't know if you guys can relate but I have certain moments in my life where there is a before and an after there's a before September 1st 2020 and there's an after September 1st 2020 Two very different Ericas, two very different things, um, different fucking mindsets. So I definitely had the whole, oh my God, I almost lost my life. I can't take life for granted experience. And I decided to do the moon magic practice and people are like, why does that matter? Why does it matter? Well, first of all, I am someone that was raised Catholic and I didn't really want to go to Catholic church anymore. I wasn't resonating with it. Did not love, I don't love organized religion. I'm going to be honest. I'm sorry if that offends you. I know it's great for some people. It's not my jam. Um, do you though? Just not for me. And so I really wanted, I liked this concept of a practice that I could do every day, a journaling practice. I knew journal, journaling was good for you. I liked this concept of diving into something. If you listen to my podcast long enough, you'll see this is a bit of a theme in my life. So I was like, okay, this could be really good for me. And it was an investment in myself. And honestly, it's the first time I'd really ever invested in myself. I never really truly invested in something that would expand my growth as much as I did when I invested in my moon magic practice. And I love it. I'm going to do a whole episode just about moon magic. But um, that was one way it affected me is it made me take the leap and just be like, you know what? Life's not fucking guaranteed. So I'm just going to do what I want. Fuck the rest. Right? So I invested in this program and it changed my life, guys. It has changed my life in so many ways. I have been able to learn how to live in flow, learn how to be, learn manifestation. I've manifested many things in my life through that practice. I joke that I manifested Kyle and he jokes he manifested me. It's true universe and divine timing gotta love it but that was one way it changed me right another way was obviously after that I was like I never want to feel that powerless again ever I never want to feel that powerless again so I decided to look into self-defense and I started training Krav Maga I found a Krav Maga gym in Scottsdale I started training there I've never done a martial art before never done self-defense before um and that changed my life. It changed my life. I'm not currently practicing Krav Maga. I practiced for about a year and a half, two years. 
a year and a half. I just stopped recently. And it's not that I stopped. I just, you know, with life and busyness and things, I had to stop renewing. Like, I had to not renew my contract. But anywho, so Krav Maga changed my life. And how? How did it change my life? Well, first of all, it made me not feel so scared. It gave, it helped me gain a lot of power back. And again, I'm probably going to do a whole episode just on my Krav Maga experience and why I recommend it for all women. But it allowed me to not feel as scared. It, it allowed me to know, okay, if someone comes up and chokes me, how do I handle it? If someone ta- like points a gun at me, how do I handle it? How do I disarm someone with a gun? How do I get out of these situations? And it made me feel not as scared. Because guys, let me tell you, the thing about trauma, especially an instance like that, where your life is threatened, and there's many other ways that this can happen too, but I did not feel safe in my body. I did not feel safe in my environment. I did not feel safe. And that sucks. It sucks when you're all alone in a place that you don't know, you're not familiar with, you're not comfortable. You have like barely any friends at that point. I just started getting to know like two or three people. I did not feel safe at all. And Krav Maga made me feel safe again made me feel safe again and that's powerful it also was the first community i had in arizona it was the first time i felt like i belonged and it gave me back joy and passion and it very it was like a very active form of therapy let me tell you the first time we practiced gun defense and someone pointed a gun at me i cried i cried in the middle of my craft class and my partner who's amazing i'm still friends with her i love her we got our little craft squad she was understanding and she was empathetic and she was like, I get it. Cry. It's okay. It is okay. And that was powerful. I'm getting a little emotional. I'm getting a little emotional right now. But that Krav Maga, doing that, taking that class, taking that action to defend, learn how to defend myself was powerful. It was really powerful. And not only because I defended myself, but like I said, it was the first community I had in this new home of mine. And I had moved to Arizona and I was like, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. I'm going to be here for the unforeseeable future. And in the past, when I moved different places, it was like a one-year contract. Well, no, this is a big girl job now. I'm here, you know, until I decide to le- I leave or I'm fired. And hopefully I'm not fired anytime soon. So I guess I'm here until, you know, the time has run its course. So I was like, I need a community. I need people. I have no fucking friends. I don't know anyone here. I go to work and I go home and it's boring, right? So it gave me that community and it gave me that friendship. And I've met a couple of amazing people. I met a lot of great people, but I've met a handful of people that, you know, are lifelong friends that have now, with other shit that's happened since, have been there for me. Some of the best friends I've ever had are from Krav Maga. And I'm so grateful for them. And I'm so grateful for the experience of training Krav Maga because it gave me my power back. It gave me my confidence back. It helped me feel safe again. And let me tell you, if you don't know the feeling of not feeling safe, it sucks. It's so hard. I couldn't walk my dog for a month at night. I could not walk him for over a month. I went to the dog park every single fucking night to allow him to get some exercise because I could not do it. I was so scared. And I still get scared sometimes. 
If you're watching the YouTube, you see me tearing up. I apologize. Oh, and you hear, you probably hear a dog in the background who's being a great defender, great protector. But um, yeah, I, it's hard. It is so hard. So I'm getting off track, but not feeling safe in your body, it's fucking sucks. And so again, how does this, how does this hard moment become one of the better moments in my life? Well, like I said, I started my moon magic practice because of it. I really, and this is going to sound corny, but I really had the, oh my God, life could end at any moment. You never know what's going to happen. You got to tell the people you love that you love them. You got to live life for you and not anyone else. You got to do whatever the fuck you want within reason, obviously, whatever you're passionate about. Maybe not whatever you want. You know, let's be legal here, be moral and ethical. But if you're passionate about starting a business, start the business. If you're passionate about this, do this. If you're passionate about being a mom or a dad or whatever it is, do it. Do the things that light your soul on fire because tomorrow is not promised. An hour from now is not promised. And it sounds fucking corny, but it's true, especially when you've literally seen your life flash before your fucking eyes. I had that moment. There's a good chance I shouldn't be here today. God's not ready to be done with me yet, though. He's like, yeah, bitch, you got to stay down there for a while longer, apparently, which is fine with me. So, y'all, it changed my life, though. And as hard as it was, because it's hard and I still get scared at night, I still struggle sometimes walking the dogs and now you know I walk my dog and um my boyfriend's dog our dogs you know I walk them every night and every morning and Boomer is very protective he's a great guard dog and there's been one or two times where I haven't been able to take him on the walks because you know for like whatever reason he wasn't able to go usually because he has some paw stuff but whatever he wasn't able to go and I definitely did not feel as safe without him and I take it for granted that what is, what do they call it? Scary dog privilege. <laughs> he makes me feel so much safer. But there's moments I still really do not feel safe. And I, I'm not going to lie. Part of me hates that, like, not having that naive sense of safety. I hate that sometimes I prejudge certain people a little bit because I get fearful because they remind me of the person that pulled the gun. Um that sucks and I actively have to remind myself that it's not the same person and that I'm safe and that I'm okay but guys this this incident caused me to find friends helped me to find a community and I I would have never done Krav Maga if this had never happened and it's been such an empowering thing in my life it's an amazing skill set and it's helped me in so many ways physically mentally spiritually it brought me amazing friends it really was. It allowed me to live unapologetically for myself. If this incident hadn't happened, honestly, there's a good chance I wouldn't be talking to y'all right now with this podcast because it gave me so much courage. It gave me kind of the don't give a fuck attitude, which sometimes probably isn't my benefit, but in this instance it is. Because tomorrow is not promised. So if you take anything from this, live your life for yourself, not for other people. Also, pay attention. When things happen in your life, not that you need a babysitter, not that you necessarily need anyone holding your hand, pay attention to who's here for you. Who supports you during those hard moments? Because let me tell you, the last six months, especially lately, 
had a bit of a purge of people from my life because they haven't lived up to the standards that I'm setting for myself in my little circle, right? I've got standards. They're high. I know that. But anywho, I just encourage you, when you have something hard happen, remember that, I mean, I'm a big believer of everything happens for a reason. I know not everyone is, but remember that life happens for you. It doesn't happen to you. This incident didn't happen to me. It happened for me. And there's a lot of hard things that came from it. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I hate that I still get sometimes scared at night. I hate that I have these fears. I hate that I don't have that naive sense of feeling safe anymore. Like, that's hard. But I'm also so grateful for all the things that brought me. It pushed me to really start a spiritual practice. I don't know if I would have ever had the spiritual practice I have today if it were not for that incident. I wouldn't have some of the best friends I have in my life right now that I'm so grateful for. I'm so grateful for them. They light my soul on fire. They are the best. And I probably would have never met these people if it was not for this incident. So, that's just my reminder. And and it's not necessarily going to be in the moment. Often it takes a little bit for us to realize like how something that was hard really may have helped us or may have been the catalyst we needed or you know, maybe you found some sort of beauty in that difficult situation. And I know that it can be hard to find it in the moment. So I'm not telling you that in the next day, I wasn't like, oh, I'm so glad someone pulled a gun on me. No, obviously not. It took me about six months, I would say. Mm, Four to six months. Where I was like, you know what? As long, as hard as that was and as many tears as I've shed and how shitty that was to go through, I'm grateful for all the beauty that's come from it after right? So just, I encourage you, if you're going through something hard right now, just keep the faith. Keep the faith that life is happening for you. It's not happening to you. Keep the faith that for whatever reason, this is part of your path, part of your journey, and we can't fucking control it. We can't control what life brings us. We can't control the hand we're dealt. All we can do is play, play the cards, right? It's all we can do. So with that, Sorry, it's kind of heavy. I should have probably put a trigger warning at the beginning, but I forget that, like, we need to do that nowadays. So I'm sorry if this triggered you. Thank you all for listening. And just remember, it's a bit of a heavy episode. I apologize. (laughs) I swear I'm fine. Uh, Get yourself a birdie alarm. Get yourself some pepper spray. Be mindful. Be attentive of your surroundings. And go with your gut. I really wish I'd gone with my gut, guys. I really do. I really do. So, if I had if I had gone with my gut, I probably wouldn't have been in that situation. But, like I said, everything happens for a reason. Life happens for me, not to me. It's okay. It's all right. And I just encourage you to remember that in those hard seasons that you're going to get to the other side. And when you get there, maybe you're going to see the beauty that it, that those struggles brought. So, that's just my little encouragement to keep going. You're strong. You got this. I believe in you. I love y'all. Thank you for tuning. Don't forget to share the podcast, rate, review, subscribe. I'm so grateful for you guys and I will talk to y'all soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today. I'm so grateful for each and every one of you for taking the time to be a part of our community. Don't forget to check the show notes for the resources I shared in today's episode. And of course, to connect with me on social. 
You can find me on Instagram and TikTok at erica.vishkalis. You can also find me on Facebook at Erica Vishkalis. If you want to be a part of our online community, check out our Facebook group, Empowered with Erica. You can also find all of our offers and community links at empoweredwitherica.com. I always love hearing from you, so don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe and tag me with your biggest takeaways from today's episode. Let me know what you loved and what you want to hear more about and share it with someone who you think would love it too. I cannot wait to share more with you. I will see you next week and don't forget to stay empowered.